You are now listening to Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankee podcast of Gotham Sports Network. Welcome back to another episode of Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankees podcast on the Gotham Sports Network. As always, you got Sam and Steve here to bring you the latest and greatest of Yankees baseball. Sam, the Yankees looked like they should have been on a high leaving Boston, but Yankees did Yankee things again, and now here we are, disappointed after another series versus our arch enemies. How you doing, man? I really don't have any words for it anymore, Steve. I'm doing well myself. I had a good weekend, spent time with friends and family, but watching some of these games, Friday and Sunday especially, it's just, I don't know what to say anymore. They're having losses. We had two, maybe three of these losses a year. Maybe, you you know. You always have to have one or two a year. Every team in baseball does it. The Yankees have one one a week. It's, It's getting absurd. You took the words right out of my mouth. I don't know what to do anymore. I was telling you before we came on, I feel it should have been a felt it should have been a split at Fenway. Everyone's saying three or four, three or four. You have to count those both ways. The Yankees really shouldn't have won on Saturday. They rallied. The Red Sox choked. They should have won Friday and Sunday. It would have kept them afloat. But my God, this team fucking falters in huge situations sometimes. Chad Green. I love him, but he picks the worst times to suck sometimes. Can, can we just stop again. pitching him in the ninth? Can we just stop putting him into closing situations? Is that an issue? Is this like a, an old-school Dylan Batanzas issue where Chad Green just can't close a game? Because he's been phenomenal otherwise. Yeah, and closing has been a totally different story. But you look at what the Yankees had available Thursday. Loisco was still on COVID. Chapman and Britton had, had pitched back-to-back. It was kind of him by default in the ninth. Um, I, I mean, it, you got to leave Sessa in. I know you got – you're right, you're right. It's, it's him by default. But Sessa, what, he had threw five pitches in that eighth inning and it was two lazy ground balls? Uh, it's easy to second guess. But so you're right. I, I'm not going to bash Boone for the uh, Thursday game. But the, the Sunday game, you got to – Boone made every wrong move possible after the Herman no-hitter ended. It, it was just I, a disaster. I want to pose a question to you about Thursday. I was fine with putting Green in. Yeah, the yeah. Game no, no I, I would too be. Because yeah. what, what, what happens, and I've been as critical as anyone as Aaron Boone this year. Heck, I called for his firing after the first Boston sweep when it was mental mistakes galore. You what, are, happens if, what happens if Cecil lets two runners on right away and Green now is a mess to come in new? Yeah, Boone no, no. Gets, Killed. the other way. Killed. It's, uh, you, you lose that game with Chad Green, and you don't lose that game with Luis Sessa. I mean, that's like, that's the thing. I'm not, 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 I'm sorry. Like, you, like, if you're Boone, and if you're Boone, and you, we know now that the Yankees lost, you want to lose with Chad Green on the mound. You don't want to lose with Luis Sessa on the mound. So if the option is you're going to lose no matter what, you pick Green every time. And he had six, seven, eight up in the order. Yeah, I mean, it was it was it was it should have been a cakewalk scenario on Thursday. That would have gave the Yankees five in a row. They finished off the the, the Phillies, um, and they took two of three from Boston, which is kind of where we where we left off uh, last time. It was supposed to be a three of uh, a four game set. 
versus Boston here. But then, Sam, I, I got to call you out here. Towards the end of our last podcast, you said, you know, COVID is still around, but it's really nice to see that MLB hasn't canceled any games and the next Yankee game got canceled. <laughs> Your track record for these, what are what make it seem like easy assumptions, and then getting killed. You had you had, you know, Aaron Judge hasn't been hurt all year. He missed the next two games, or I think it was early in April when he called that. Now the Stanton COVID, DL too. the Stanton DL, DL things. Don't forget Stanton, that. <laughs> you're you're three for three here, but you know, it, look on as that was happening live with COVID. And then to say the Yankees would take two of three from Boston and sweep the Phillies, I'd be on cloud nine. And we could have been on here talking um, about what an unreal you know, comeback story this has been for the Yankees, fighting through some adversity here. And then they just lose and come out kind of flat and have these games in Boston. And I think I'd be, even, I'd be so much happier too if, like you said, it should have been a split. So if you took two of three uh, from Boston, take two from Philly, then you split in Fenway. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling great. I'm feeling really good about, you know, the trade deadline coming up here and, and the series versus the Rays. But then you actually look at what happened in Boston and you lose three of four and you lose them in spectacular fashion. It is just uh, the ebb and flow that this team gives you. The the Anytime you think you're getting a high, the lower and low is coming. And it's brutal, man. It's why I was saying yesterday after the game to a couple of my friends, I don't think I can emotionally invest myself until I see them in that second wild card spot with a one game lead. And then I'll be like, okay, of course I am still going to follow and watch every single move, especially as we're approaching the trade deadline. But I don't know how much longer I can do this. I mean, it is so, so disheartening. Yesterday was a perfect day. Go see Nana, go visit her in her facility, and then I get home, I watch the 7th, Herman's got the no-hitter, and people are coming over, we're having a party, the beers are flowing, and it's like, as soon as the Red Sox got a run on Sunday. It was over. You knew it. You knew it. Sweet, Hub sweeted at Barstool, too. It was over it was, for yeah. me. I had that feeling. It was so, I don't even know what to say anymore. Lewiska clearly didn't have any. He brings in Britain. Um, Taking Herman out was one thing. Uh, You put in Lewiska, who's been one of the best relievers in baseball this year, and I'm not looking at ERA, really. He's had three bad outings, which really inflates that as a reliever. I think ERA is, for relievers and starters, is now not to get too analytics driven out there for the people who are old school, but I think ERA for starters and relievers is becoming a vastly, vastly overrated stat in the year of our Lord, 2021. Um, But Lewiska blows it. And then he brings in Britain who lets the inherited runner score. The bottom line is people can blame Aaron Boone all they want for this weekend. Blame him all you want. The Yankees key guys shit the bed in the bullpen this weekend they shit the bed and that was the difference maker yeah i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna bash boone because i think like you said i think even more of you i've kind of been a, a a boone optimist here for for some reason here but i think he made two huge mistakes this weekend that that in the end might have still cost that that the yankees would have lost anyway but but huge mistakes and they both came in the boston series here brooks Kirky 
Chris, whatever his name is, couldn't throw a strike to save his life. Couldn't even throw the ball. Launch him into the sun. Well, yeah. So that once you get to that point, and you got the three batter rule here, walk the third guy. Walk the third guy on purpose. The, the run meant nothing at that point. It was either game over no matter what. Just just walk the bases loaded if you have to. Get him out of the game. I thought that should have been an easy option that, that was sitting right in front of you that the announcers even called. Um, and get him out of the game. Don't let it, anything else happen there. If you lose it with somebody else, you should be happy knowing you took a guy that could barely hit the third row of the first of the of the, the legend seats out of the game. Um, and then same with Loisega. He's coming back from the COVID list. You're pitching him back-to-back days. Uh, I don't like that. He's only pitched back-to-back days two other times this season, which he did fine at. But I don't like you throwing back-to-back days after he took 15 days off to get ready from COVID. And then at the same point, he's given up three straight hits. Take him out. Don't let, don't let that fourth guy up. He gave up four hits on four batters. Like he only threw 10 pitches. But you got to be... You gotta pull the pull the string a little quicker. I think there are those two huge mistakes that that possibly cost the Yankees the game. They still could have easily lost, but uh, I'm you know I'm not happy with Boone there. And he kind of in his post game interviews kind of was like he wanted to call himself out for being wrong, but then realized he's like a robot. So it was just like oh we're coming back from adversity and on all this shit. So it's it's a tough stretch. The Yankees were you know nine and three going into this into this series, I believe, um, or they were on a good stretch. The ebb and flows come and. Sadly, I think the the Evan flows are going to continue here. They got three coming up with Tampa. Uh, you know, I want to say they they win two of them, but I, I wouldn't be shocked if they they win one. And then the, the 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 schedule gets pretty easy. Like you're facing teams like Baltimore, Miami. You got the uh, you know the Royals here. So I think the Yankees can might get fooled by themselves here. Of you know after the trade deadline happens, if they make a move, which we're going to get into right now. They got some easy teams coming up here where they can go on a run, and they're going to pull me back in with that false hope. I know you said that you're not trying to get emotionally invested here, but if they got these easy kind of teams coming up here and they go ten and ten and three their next two weeks here, I'm right back in the middle of it, and I'm thinking that any moves they do make or don't make are, are going to be great. Then the schedule gets tough again. So the schedule kind of leans into the Yankees going on a roller coaster ride here of of not playing well versus 500 teams and probably hopefully beating up on the under 500 teams. So it's uh, it's it's going to be a wild ride for for Yankees fans. Um, before we get to the trade talk, actually, Sam, I want to talk about a couple players that that were doing well that we should give out credit to. The Yankees outfield has been a revolving door since Aaron Judge is on the COVID list. Here they're losing guys left and right as well. Trey Trey and Big and Burgundy went down. You had um, who else tore their ACL? Tim LaCastro. Tim LaCastro, who was who was playing fun. Uh, you know, he went down with a torn ACL here. Finally bringing up uh, Esteban Floreal, and I think he looks pretty good and needs uh, needs some more playing time here. Um, and then, of course, Greg Allen with some huge clutch at-bats. So the revolving door of left and uh, right field has been kind of interesting here. What have, uh, What's kind of your takeaway, and who have you liked, and what have you seen from these four or five guys here? Well, now essentially just two with uh, with two of them going going joining the IL with uh, with Andy Hoare and Frazier, they've been serviceable at the plate, Steve. Uh, good at bats from Greg Allen. Florial got the rally going on Saturday. Shot a double to the uh, left center field gap, all the way to the monster. I like what they've brought at the plate. They had Lamar with the walk off long yeah, yeah. single, a pinch, a pinch uh, hit for Garter too, like a bold move. Yeah, uh, he. Got a ball out over the plate and set it to right field. Did his job in that situation. My only complaint, and we missed it a lot 
this weekend. I think it was Saturday. It was <clears throat> on the Sunday game. The Red Sox scored the go-ahead run on the sack fly, and they got another. And Thursday to, to end the game. Yeah, Thursday to end well, the game was sack fly too. That was that. That was deep. There was yeah. really no shot for Allen to throw him out. But a decent throw. I think the problem is, like you said, it was deep, but it was like. He made a strong enough throw where it made me reconsider that a stronger throw may have been bang bang. <laughs> they run on they ran on Florial on Saturday to get a sack fly. This is the throw that's come to me. Florial, yeah. yes, Florial Saturday and Allen on Sunday. These guys, nobody has respect for their arms. I mean, and they should. If we have Aaron H- and Aaron Hicks, my goodness, I forgot he even existed. But he also had a cannon. <laughs> Back in a couple if years you ago. have Aaron Hicks out there, and you have Aaron Judge in right field, the the Red Sox don't score that run on a sacrifice fly if, if Aaron Judge is in right field for Greg Allen yesterday. Yeah, absolutely not. Um, not only do they not have the arms in the outfield, they, they struggle to position themselves under baseballs. I don't know if you've noticed that's it's something I've taken away since the Philly series. Uh, to get behind a throw, you're supposed to position yourself. Florial looks like he has a little bit of happy feet to me in center field. And Allen was kind of struggling with it too over the weekend. So that's something I've picked up with them on these outfielders. And I think the Yankees are being, uh, they got taken advantage of yeah. uh, over the weekend it, a couple of times for that. It, it, it showed greatly that the impact that Aaron judge could have on defense. I thought several times in, in, in the past two weeks here, um, you said yeah, a couple of those throws. I may be even thinking about the uh, a throw in, in the Bronx here, where they from from right field. But but Aaron Judge has has an absolute cannon, one of the best arms for four right fielders. He's very accurate a lot of the times here, um, and, and it's it's not out of the realm to say that that cost the Yankees a win, um, not having Judge in the field, let alone at the plate. We know he can do at the plate. He's still leading the Yankees, you know, with home runs and, and RBIs, and he hasn't played in in, in ten days. Um, so it, the loss of Aaron Judge here, as much as the last couple episodes we talked about how important it is that he stayed healthy and get in the field. I, I don't know how I feel about this, but like the the fact that he has missed this because of COVID, and it seems like he is the unvaccinated one here because Arshela came back early, Luizaga came back before the ten days, Cortez came back before the ten days here, and there's all information on that they're vaccinated. And right. I'll let you. The three of them are vaccinated. You connect I'll the dots and do process of elimination here. You're you're at basically at Higashioka and, and Judge, um, but it looks like Higashioka is coming back and will be activated in time for the Tampa series here. Judges is, is still we're still waiting on it here. Uh, it is it is a bummer to to say that you know if if it is Aaron Judge is the unvaccinated one and he's missing extra time because of this he's letting the team down here and it, it may have cost the Yankees a win or two um, which is going to be huge so it, it's it's disappointing to think about um, you know but he has you know we complain he's got to stay healthy and he's been staying healthy all year and, and this is kind of what knocks him down is is a bummer yeah and, and the vaccinated guys are back. Quickly, uh, the, the, not not quickly. They're back ahead of Geo with seven Judge. days. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, still sucks, but um, the the Phillies down by us, Steve, are having a huge issue with their players not getting vaccinated. Yeah, yeah they are. And, and I heard Aaron Nola say it was a personal choice uh, on whether to get vaccinated. Look, you know, not to get too deep into it. I mean, I believe that too. But it, but at some point, well, when you have a public job 
and your business, your place of employment has strict COVID protocols. I mean, look at what the NFL guys are about to go through right now. Yeah, it's still a personal choice, but if Aaron Judge is knocked out with, with a bad case of COVID for another week here, I mean, that could effectively put it could, the, it could end our season. End to the Yankee season. The, these are so. the through that ten, 13 most important games of the year. The, the eight versus Boston, two versus Philly, and now three versus Tampa. And not having Aaron Judge uh, for all 13 of those because of this is it, brutal. Like he's, and I don't want to. So we don't want to. I don't want to assume anything. But it, it certainly sounds like the dots are, are yeah connected that way. It would be. It would be. Uh, yeah. It would be. And if you yeah, know, the Yankees have done well, but you know, before it, and like you said, it could have been. You know, all of uh, all not for nothing. But like it, it is. It will be disappointing if we ever do find out. You know, it seems like it's down to him and Higashioka. The ten days is right now, so there's no reason for us to, you know, for either one of them to say whether it's, it's going to be up to Higashioka or Judge to come out and say I am vaccinated, or else it'll just be a guessing game between the two. So, well, yeah, you know, like I said, not to get to the politics here, but it's affecting the sports. It's it's affecting this, you know, and I I, I believe kind of what Dion said. If you want to win, you're going to do everything you can to make sure you're on the field as as often as possible in the NFL. Um, and if the same goes for baseball, if there's an option to get on the field quicker, just getting a little shot, then they go get the shot, man. It, it's, it shouldn't be that deep, but it is what it is. Uh, and, and it, but it's led to some opportunities here. I think when judge comes back here, who's, who's the odd man out? Like, is, are they going to send down Florio when he comes back and keep Greg Allen? Cause Greg Allen's done a little better and has some ex- MLB experience where for me personally, I'm keeping Florio up and he's my everyday center fielder. Uh, when Judge comes back, but I don't see that happening with the the state of the Yankees. Yeah, I I agree with you. I would keep Florial up, two base hits against the Sox, had a couple against the Phillies. Uh, the defense is a concern out there. We even saw him and Allen collide in one of the games. Yeah, that was on just Saturday. From the, yeah, there is a familiarity aspect of it. Um, um, I mentioned it, the happy feet in center field. I, I mentioned the arm. So. The defense is not great out there, and the best version of this Yankees team, he was supposed to do it on Saturday, has Giancarlo Stanton in left field. Um, yep. And they're talking about that this weekend when he returns to Miami with the Yankees. So I, I think the best version of the Yankees outfield when Aaron Judge comes back is going to be left to right, Stanton, Florial, and, and Judge. But I think But Sam, who do you have DH in then, then? Who's your DH then? I did that. That did go behind me. Because <laughs> I think I, I, I think I, no, I think I think you're right there. I think, but I, in my opinion, right now, while we're doing dealing with all these injuries, it's it'd be um, Allen, Florial, Judge with Stanton at the DH. Because you know we want all four of those guys in there, but um, you know, but then what you said once he comes back, Luke Voigt is hopefully taking some swings here too. Maybe then you could rotate him and DH, him and Stanton in left field, and get like a little mix here. Problem is, I just Sanchez can DH instead of having an off day. Exactly, and I think that's great. The problem here is, I don't see a scenario where Allen and um, Florial stay up when Judge comes back because they're still going to play Greg Brett Gardner and they're still going to you know keep him on the roster. They're not DFA in him um, by any means here, so he's going to be there, and I don't think they're going to carry both of them. So it's going to be interesting to see, and I, and I would assume that it's Florial goes back that goes back down and Allen stays up. Um, which would be a little disappointing because I like I like watching the kid play. Uh, I think he's had a great eye at the plate. He's worked a nice, nice couple key walks. Um, but Greg Allen's been good too. So it's a, it's an interesting kind of uh, 
kind of way to look at it and be, see what the Yankees do. But more importantly, you know, Buster Olney reporting that the Yankees are kind of still heavy in talks to land a center fielder. And that kind of changes all the plans here. The Yankees get a real center fielder out there. That then Florial goes back down, and you have, I guess, Gardner and Allen maybe platooning in your outfield with, with Stanton slowly working his way back here. Um, it will be interesting, though, because the top of that list, I think, for everybody in center field is Marte from the Marlins. So could we have a scenario where, you know, they're supposed to play head-to-head this weekend here uh, or later this week, but he uh, he stays in Miami and just switches locker rooms uh, before that series versus Miami starts. Ichiro did that in 2012 in yeah. Seattle. The yep. Yankees traded him for him when they were in Seattle, and he just switched clubhouses. But to your point about Floreal staying up, I will take Floreal over Allen, I think. Um, especially if, God forbid, it, say the Yankees get swept in Tampa, and I really hope this doesn't happen. But if if that happens, you want to see as much of Floreal. If this season goes off the rails, you want to see as much of Floreal as possible. And I think they like him in center field a little more than Allen. Um, you want to see as much as Floreal as possible. I mean, Allen's, a, you know, 28 years old. He's came up with the Indians, spent some time with the Padres last year. Um, Floreal's 23 or 4, yeah. and he has... He was a guy that the Yankees would not trade in trade talks in 2017 for, for Sonny Gray. Uh, fast forward to 2018 with Marcus Stroman. He was off limits everywhere. And then he kind of started struggling in the minor leagues. But I, I love the long swing. I love how he uses his hips at the plate. He's a lefty. Like I said, <laughs> oh, yeah. The center field defense, uh, I'm not sure he's there as a major leaguer right now. So if the Yankees don't acquire a center fielder, uh, I want to see him out there. But I think you're going to have a situation where if it's, say, left to right, uh, Allen, well, you'd have to keep, you know, you're not releasing Brett Gardner. I don't so think. Gardner think, at center, yeah. Yeah, I think Gardner would go out and replace him uh, later in yeah, the Yeah, I think it's going to be – I'm not too concerned with his defense. His defense always kind of coming up has been like a, a thing that they're that he always was, right, was waiting for his bat to catch up to major league level. So I'll just put the defense up to just kind of uh, some some rookie jitters here and he'll get more comfortable with the more playing time he gets and I think it can be an asset on defense. But given kind of the way the Yankees' injuries kind of go, I think you, you keep Allen – because he's out of options, so I don't think you're willing to get rid of him right now and put him off the 40. You send Florial down, and you see what goes on. But then if the season goes off the rails, like you said, then you just kind of get rid of Allen and let let Florial play all of September every day. But hopefully it doesn't come to that. But I would like to see him up here every day. I, I just don't see how it's possible with the, the way the roster is currently constructed, and especially if the Yankees do make a move uh, and get a center fielder, which I want them to do. So I guess, you know, I do want to see him in the minors because that means the Yankees did hopefully make a, a strong move to improve the team in center. Um, an interesting tidbit was that the Yankees have made an offer for Trevor Story, and there was a tweet in there that they've possibly considered playing him in center field if needed. Um, it's not only the Yankees that thought that. There was rumors the Padres wanting to look at Story and play him in center field as well. Um, I would love Trevor Story here, but I would have never guessed that it would be to play him possibly in center field. Yeah, Mark Feinsand of MLB.com had the report last week that 
one of the, the, the well, at least one team thought of story in, in center field. And I believe now, that, that became the Padres. They came out and said that, that was the Padres that thought about that. And now they're saying the Yankees have as well. And I'm seeing now the Brewers possibly. Oh, really? Well. I, I, didn't, so I don't go, know so. what. I don't know what's really going on here. Is he? I'm um, looking. I don't think he's ever played. He's never played a game in center field no. in, in, in his no. entire career. So at 28 years old, you'd be, It'd be a bold guys, move. Mid-season playoff push to play a whole new position. I really, really don't know what would be doing here. Uh, if that would be the case. I mean, it's a gold it's, glove at shortstop, too. And the, the Yankees, it would allow them to move to uh, – it would allow Torres to move to second base, put LeMahieu at first, Rochelle at third. You mentioned Luke Voigt earlier. He's a bonus this year. I think this might be a lost year for him. He's had three DL stints, which is uh, a little bit brutal. He started the year and then uh, came off in May for a little bit, went back on, and – now he's back on again. I think he might be um, four, th- no, three DL stints. Yeah. Excuse me. Well, but I think the, uh, the the center field scenario gets pretty, I guess, fun, you could say. is you know, Let's say you have, imagine, a Garrett Cole day, and you have Higgy at the plate, and then you do uh, Sanchez at, at DH, Voight at first, LeMahieu at second, Torres at third, Stanton in left, and Story in center field. <laughs> who did you say? Who did you say at short? Glaber. So, so Glaber's. Oh, oh, my bad. My bad. You you originally yeah. said him at third. But sorry, sorry. That, yeah, so him at the, so Gio obviously still at third, but so then you still have an infield of Voight, DJ, uh, Glaber, and Gio with an outfield of Stanton, Story, and Judge with Gary as your DH. In theory, that's a video game lineup that scores thirty runs a game. But the Yankees happens, they'll lose one nothing, and Garrett Cole will pitch a, a perfect game and a, like a pass ball and like a hit Batman or something will be the reason that they uh, they lose in like the tenth inning. <laughs> so, yeah, I, with guys underperforming, especially. So yeah, but, it, it's it's the the trade rumors are, are flying. I think they're looking in the market for a starting pitcher as well. And then of course have to mention that earlier on on Monday they did make a move. Uh, they made a move with the Pirates and they traded away Twitter's. Biggest fan favorite of all time, Hoy Park for a uh, for a reliever here. And if you're the Yankees, I think after watching that series versus Boston, this is a deal that 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 makes sense. Like you're never gonna play Park. You proved that by when you had him up here for two weeks and, and nothing really was going on. And our bullpen looks tired. So get as many bullpen arms uh, as possible. And if this was the best offer you got, then that's what you got. Yeah, and um. Mentioned possibly adding a starter. I, I'd maybe even love to get some more bullpen help. Uh, I think you mentioned this a couple of episodes ago as well. Yeah. Uh, the Yankees bullpen has not performed up to expectations, and maybe oh, Day's gone pro- for the year, so you got to replace him, and, and that's what I kind of think where, uh, you know, where where Clay Holmes comes into effect. He's a right-hander. He's got you know a good ground ball ratio. Got three years left. Uh, he's, he's giving me some Tommy Kaling vibes. Like let's let's get let's see what let's see what he's got. He's a controllable guy. The Yankees seem to do okay when they uh, they trade for some relievers, um, and it can't hurt to have enough arms. If this means that you know Brooks is no longer ever an option, Nick Nelson is, is spending the year in the minor leagues, and Justin Wilson is just for mop up duty, then this is a this is a win win deal. Like why not why not trade guys that are never going to play 
for someone who likely will be in a key spot this weekend when you're trying this this week when you're trying to play the race. Yeah, and the we, we mentioned the bullpen and everything. I think the most troubling thing aside from Chapman's meltdown, and I wanted to get into this a little bit. Zach Britton uh, does not. Look, he does not. Not even a step down. He he's looking like nowhere near the pitcher. I mean, Boone had to pull him off the mound last week against the Phillies. Uh, and this is a guy who I've said before. I think he's might be the greatest trade Brian Cashman has ever made from a value perspective because uh, they got an elite reliever for three schmucks. Uh, guys <laughs> who never really. Dylan never Tate's really still there, but yeah, he's <laughs> there. Like, uh, but but then same. That was a great trade, but now it's looking like this contract is kind of becoming an issue because it was a uh, a three year thirty nine million dollar contract, but that. You know, he could have opted out after last year, but if he opted into the 2020 season, that means our 2021, 2022 option automatically kicks in as well. So this is a problem for the Yankees because if Britain stays like this, he's still on the hook for $14 million next year. Um, it could be a scenario where you have to, you know, if they try to dump him like they do for Adam Adovino. But again, I, I don't think he's been healthy all year, and the Yankees really need Zach Britton to, to get it together. Which he looked better, yeah. He looked better on Sunday against Boston. He got, you know, a gr- he got a ground ball. Uh, I mean, granted, the Yankees <laughs> were playing back in that situation because they didn't want, um, they didn't want a single to score both runs. They were playing the corners up, and it went to Glaber short. Uh, and then he got a fly ball, but it, but again, the arms in the outfield made no shot to get Hernandez coming home. So I, th- I think there's plenty of opportunity for him to bounce back, and, and you know, hopefully it happens now, and he becomes an elite li- reliever. But he's got nine games, seven innings, six, seven runs, seven walks, six hits, and, and, and six Ks. So he's pretty even across the board here, but that's, that's not ideal for a pitcher. Like you said, we don't want to look at ERA when he's only pitched seven innings, but it's a, it's a 7-3-6 ERA. Essentially, he's pretty much given up uh, you know, a run and a hit per inning here, um, and you need that to be a, a big, big difference here. Because you did have an elite bullpen on paper, and Loisaga has has played up to that, um, but you you need Britain to be be that key eighth inning guy uh, or seventh inning. You know the matchups are, are are what the Yankees you know should thrive on here. Um, now that you got Holmes in here, you can go. You got you got Peralta lefty, Holmes righty, Britain lefty. Uh, then you got Loisaga righty and Chapman lefty. You, the matchups are all there for the Yankees to. To utilize here, but you know, with the with when they're struggling, with the manager struggling to make the right calls here, it's been been a disaster uh, of a, of a season of you know of the past few weeks for the bullpen, which started pretty elite. Yeah, and it's been we talk about the offense all the time. We talk about uh, a lot of things, starting pitching. When it's I look just all at can't click. When I look at disappointments on this Yankees team, it's got to be the bullpen since the middle of June, uh, starting with Chapman's meltdown and now having problems with Britain, having to pitch Nick Nelson and Brooks Kriske for for key innings. That Kriske performance was was one of the most sad things I have ever seen in all of my years of watching the Yankees. I mean – what the hell were we doing there? It was like a little leaguer having a meltdown on the mound. Almost. It was. And it, it, was. it felt like that. Yeah, I mean, and it wasn't even. Yeah, I, there, there's no. And then the the, the the 
30 seconds after that game ended, the Yankees' Twitter account was like, hey, he's DFA, don't worry, everybody. Uh, but it, it was too little too late. It, the, the damage was done here. Um, but overall, the problem is, like, a lot of people are comparing this, Sam, to their, their record's not far off, almost identical to what it was in 2016 when they did sell. Uh, so now everybody's kind of intrigued if the Yankees will be buyers compared to 2016 when they were when they were sellers. Um, but I think it's a big difference. I think it's a big difference between, you know, that team was full of a lot of older guys that we knew were kind of, you know, being phased out uh, of their MLB careers here. And now we got a lot of guys that should be entering their prime or or in their prime uh, for the Yankees here. So I don't want to say that the, I don't like those comparisons with the 2016 season. Um, but here we are chasing. We are Yankees are three and a half games out of a wild card spot at the moment here. And that doesn't seem that much. But why, do, why am I in my mind? Does that feel like 10 games? The A's are really good. Um, it feels like the Mariners are here some years, and, and then they just fade very, very quickly. I, I um, could see the Mariners losing ten in a row. I, I, I could <laughs> as well. Look at look. They have a run differential of minus fifty-two. Now the Yankees' run differential is far from great either, but they're three and a half games back from the A's. I was looking at the schedule yesterday. The Yankees have the A's in late August for four games out in Oakland. Oh, we never play well out in Oakland. That's going to be the, the season right there. Uh, and it, it kind of reminds me of 2018 when they went out to Oakland. And I think they won two or three. They were jockeying for position to hold the wild card game. Uh, so they're chasing um, the That's A's. What- they're four and a half back in the Rays, but they're seven back in the loss column, which is what I'm looking at. And, and they're, they're, only they're only two back. Two back. They're two back. That's it. In the two loss. back in the loss column. And, and like you said last last episode, get to that wild card game and, and get Garrett Cole on the bump. Uh, unless they end this week or head into Miami six or six and a half back, I don't think you're going to see it world where the Yankees end up selling. I don't know who they'd sell. Um, yeah, no, I don't think your, your selling guys are, are Britain or, or green or, or something like that. And I, I don't think they're going to get the, the return that you really want to. Um, so yeah, you're chasing, you're chasing, look, on like, I know it's on paper, but on paper, the Yankees with pretty much a, a good lineup and a good lineup on paper, as we say, um, but they look like they're adding, so they're going to be improving. I don't see Seattle doing too much at the deadline, and I don't see the Athletics doing too much at the deadline. They're usually not teams that, that go deep into their pockets at the trade deadline. Um, so I, the Yankees should be able to improve more than those two teams do um, th- this week in the next next three days here. Um, and, and then you kind of got to look at some schedules and see how it goes. Like they, they play each other a lot. So that's kind of the interesting thing here is, the, the A's and Seattle play each other a lot, so we need them to start splitting when they play each other just so they don't go anywhere and one team doesn't pull away. Or I, I think even a more ideal scenario is, is I'm not high on Seattle at all. If they can start stealing games from Oakland like they just did, they just took three or four from them, and the Yankees kind of can, can jump ahead of Seattle and let Seattle take care of Oakland. That's kind of the best-case scenario here. You know, there is a – you know, Oakland's what? They're, they're 58 – I'm sorry, 56 and 45 – Tampa, I think, could be out of reach for that that home playoff game, but like eighty eight to ninety one wins win, wins the second wild card. I think, right? Like you don't act. I'm not looking at these three teams here in Oakland, Seattle, and the Yankees, and guaranteeing that any of them hit ninety wins. You're right about that. Um, 
Yeah, the A's would need to go. My math serves correct. Uh, I was a journalism major in college. <laughs> they would need to go 34 and 27 for 90 wins. If, they, if they're still, yeah, yeah that, that, that sounds, yeah, 34 and 27. Yeah, 34. Yeah, they need 34 more wins in 27. Uh, for the Yankees to get 90 wins, it would be 39 and 25. Like, the, I, I if you if I had to put money on it, I would say that the Yankees had a better shot of getting that mark than the A's. And I like, think so as well. And, or even worse, it, it's and that's right now. And then let's see what happens at the deadline here. The Yankees make those moves here. You know, they any deal they get technically would steal away players that I'm guessing you know Oakland and Seattle both could use reliever help. Um, so I, I you know it's. I'd be a lot more concerned if the Blue Jays were starting to run away, but they are they're kind of fading a little bit too. You know, they're 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 a game and a half behind the Yankees and, and they're not only a game behind the Yankees and they're fun, but they gotta play the Red Sox a ton more. They gotta play the Rays a ton more. I think the Blue Jays just kind of by default, similar to the Yankees, are gonna have losses in that division where kind of like the same thing with the Mariners and, and uh, the A's are gonna have to play, you know, um, you know, play, play the Astros, but then they also get to play, you know, the, the Rangers and stuff. So I'm, I'm not worried about the Blue Jays passing the Yankees, and I think they should have a shot of passing the A's. Um, so I'm holding out for this wild card, and they're, they're, I can't look at the standings and look at some of these teams here and be like, Yankees should sell, even though they 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 might they might should it might make sense for the long term future here. But there's no way that Brian Cashman, Randy Levine, and Hal Steinbrenner are looking at the same thing I'm looking at here, being like, oh. We can't catch the A's. Like they, they, they gotta assume they can catch the A's and make some moves the next seventy-two hours. Absolutely. And you mentioned the, um, you mentioned how those teams get to play the Rangers a good bit. That made me think of the Baltimore Orioles, who the Yankees have. Uh, I'm counting now. They have nine more games against them. Nine and zero. Nine. You have to be. It has to be nine and zero. Like I, I cannot. If the Yankees falter in that realm, uh, that that could make or break their season. They need you know seven and two, bare bare minimum seven and two. Um, you know you know three, sweeps are, are are tough to get, but well, I, especially but I mean, for the Yankees, they'll they'll win the first two and then just just decide to turn into a little league team in the third game. One, I mean, give me one sweep and then or uh, one sweep and then. Two, two, or three, or, or better, but those games are legitimately code red, must win. Just you know, you're, you're getting a layup here. They are, yeah. I mean, they're 34 and 64. Them and the Rangers, the, the, they have seven and eight less wins than the next team ahead of them in the American League. I mean, this is like three wins, so. The Yankees got to find themselves taking advantage of that, and that their first three-game series with them since May uh, starts next Monday after the Marlins series. And you mentioned this schedule after the Rays. Uh, Marlins three, Orioles three, and then you got the Mariners at home for, for four, which, heck, we mock. We kind of mock them, uh, I guess, not take them as serious, but shit. The Yankees got to come to play that series. I mean, the oh, Mariners huge. Are fifty-four yeah. and forty-six. Uh, I mean, shit. If you lose three or four to them, I mean, you're you're getting in trouble. I mean, we'll make it on before that series, but I mean, geez, this is a important, important stretch. 
And the Yankees will have Garrett Cole pitching that series finale against the Rays. Get one of these two, get two or three, and get the hell out of Tampa. And then this so schedule going forward. You schedule know, opens you know. up. It opens up. We're, I feel like we're getting a little like a old old school Mike Francesa of just reading rereading the schedule here. Uh, so I want to get back to a couple of players that did well the past the past two weeks for us here, um, and that will continue to that the Yankees will need to rely on to do well um, for them. And, and number one has been Jamison Tyone. The past six weeks, he has been pitching like the person that they hoped and traded for. He is five and zero with a, a two three nine ERA since that debacle in Philadelphia, you know, you know, really, really putting together some nice starts here. His next start will put him over a hundred innings um, on the year. He's still giving up a decent amount of long balls, but, but overall it's, uh, it's really nice to see what, what happens when Jamison kind of uh, puts it all together. It really is. And he was a huge part. He kind of got lost in the shuffle on Saturday, but I mean, he gives up three runs in the first three innings. He gives up nothing after that. I was happy when he had six innings, three year, and he gives the Yankees a seventh inning. So he's getting uh, longer and longer into games. Now, I remember early on, it was like he didn't, he wasn't going deep into games here. Um, but but he's getting in July, seven innings, six innings, five and a third, seven innings. So just in July itself, he had in four starts, he had twenty five innings, which was really nice to, to to see from him. Yeah, it really was. You know, twenty five and a third, fifteen hits, twenty Ks to eight walks. Um, yeah, imagine what would be sitting here. I mean, it kind of does feel like the Yankees got swept, but he played a huge part in the lone win they got in Boston. And by going seven innings, uh, less relying on the bullpen, and he eats it up, and then the Yankees rally in the eighth to take the lead and eventually win the game 4-3. But, yeah, we this is a guy that we were ready to, and a lot of people were ready to cut the court on, and... He's been the pitcher the Yankees traded for or hoped they were getting when they traded for and more. Going deep in the games, he's really commanded his fastball at, at the bottom of the zone on those corners, which I really, really like. Getting that good breaking ball down in the dirt. Uh, and, he, and he looks like he has a lot more confidence out there. 100%. 100%. And these are, coming versus, these are coming versus good teams. In July, three of his four starts are, are on the road. So that's, you know, maybe he's starting to get a little little road warrior in him, but it's at Seattle, at Houston, home versus Boston, and then and then at Boston again. Those are four huge games for the Yankees uh, that they won, all four of those, and he only a combined, combined four earned runs. Like you said, you have three earned runs versus, versus Boston, but only one of them was actually earned. So he's only given up four earned runs um, in, in his last four starts here. And so, you know, even with that, it gets even more impressive when you say, you know, like I said, he's five and zero with a two three nine ERA in his last six, his last seven starts, and that includes a start where he gave up five runs versus the Angels. So if you, you know, he's gotten, you know, of his six of his last seven starts are under two, two or under earned runs. Like that, that's that's legit number two type stuff from 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 Tyone, and you know, he was struggling all really early to get there, but. You kind of it's been two years since he pitched and he's starting to find his groove. Yeah, r- really just th- I mean his last full season was 2018 too. Yeah. The, the, you know, 2019 he flamed out and you know uh with the injury he didn't pitch last year, but I mean um just seeing him the 
the confidence is the biggest deal. Uh, staying in the rotation a little bit. Uh, Brian Cashman said last he said last month um, that the Yankees don't expect Corey Kluber to return until August, uh, September looking more likely there. But he threw a bullpen over the weekend in Fenway, and he said he's confident that he'll start another regular season game uh, That's good. this year. And which... uh, Clark Schmidt made a, made a start. He made a three innings uh, down in the Florida, Florida Coastal League. Um, I'm always a Clark fan. I've been following him for, for a while. I want to see him get healthy. Um, he's looking at you know ahead of schedule compared to him compared to Kluber and Severino. So it'll be interesting to see if he gets his first MLB start in a big moment for the Yankees. Um, but for right now, they're kind of going with the with what they got here. So I I'm, I do think they're going to pick up a, a low end starting pitcher at the deadline. You know nothing exciting, uh, but but a, a guy that's going to hopefully hopefully eat some eat some innings here. But um, if not, you know we're we're going with the Nestor Cortez show. He's getting a big start on Wednesday. Um, and you know, it, it, it's crazy to think, but we felt his loss uh, when he was on the COVID list. He, he's, he's put together some really nice outings, uh, for the Yankees. He's got 34, 34 strikeouts on the year. He's got a, you know, a whip just around one. He's, uh, he's doing really nice the second time around. He looks like he's 65 years old, rocking that, rocking that mustache. But this, this, oh my dude, God, I this love dude's it. just turned 26. <laughs> I love it. I love his pitching motion. He gets people out. Uh, it's not pretty. He doesn't strike a lot of guys out, but he keeps the ball low in the zone, induces a lot of ground balls. I'm interested to see the length they let him go uh, against the Rays on Wednesday. His start before he got placed on the COVID IL in Houston, they let him go two times through the order. He was not yeah. allowed to face... But, that's, but two times to the order, he got no. He then he got through a third time because he went four and a third, four and a third innings. So, but yeah, uh, he faced eighteen batters. Yeah, you're right. I guess yeah, you're, you're just just around two times to the order. It will be, it will be interesting. But you know, going before that, before Friday, which they gave him some, you know, before, I'm, I'm giving every pitcher that was on the COVID list like one one welcome back type uh, type start here, and he gave up uh, that that big home run. But before that, he was—he's been lights out for, for, like you said, versus versus the Astros, versus the Mets. Um, you know, he pitched another—you know, anytime he goes three innings, he's only given up, you know, one run max. He's really done awesome for the Yankees, and it's been a, a nice, a, a nice find for them to to go in and pitch him. And he's definitely earned his right to be that that starter. Um, his most amount of pitches—you said that Houston started the same thing. It's only seventy-four pitches. So coming back from COVID, he threw thirty-five on Friday. I doubt we see him get pe- get to the 80 mark again for pitches. So it's going to be important for him to get through that lineup uh, pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, so I think that it'll be a similar leash, especially with him missing a turn through the rotation when he was on the COVID IL. But I'm excited to see him pitch again. And uh, He's got that weird motion. He gets guys out. And this is – I feel like we say this every single – episode steve this is the biggest series of the year for the yankees but it's uh, every series it, is for now like every everything's kind of a three-game playoff series here um all right so sam finally before i i want to ask you a little bit about this upcoming series but i want to touch on on rugnet Odor first give him a shout out um the guy has basically been like the heart for the yankees this year kind of 
did not see this coming, but he's always around. He's always finds himself to be on camera. He's always the first guy to go help out someone if they, they take a little stumble in the outfield. He sprints from second base. Uh, he is what he is, but but he's got 12 home runs and 30 RBIs. Uh, he's batting 230. He's been doing a lot better. His last seven games, batting 310. Last 30 games, Runeto Dora has seven home runs, 17 RBIs, batting 265 with a, a 308 uh, on base percentage here. That's a win for the Yankees. That's a good find for a guy that they're not paying a dime to play for them. And the amount of games that he unexpectedly has played this year, uh, kind of uh, a nice surprise and, and a needed surprise from the Yankees from that left-handed side of the plate. I love him. And <laughs> I wrote about the... I will say, we, I, I, we both kind of thought he'd be off the roster pretty early after that slow start and be like, oh, this is just a little placeholder until Voigt came back off that first IL. But... He's now sticking around, I think, could be for multiple seasons with the Yankees. Yeah, I mean, he's under contract through... Two more uh, years. He has 2022, and then he has 2023 on a club option. So How at least next year. They, uh, we'll, have to, we'll have to pay the buyout. We, so the, if, we, if we pick up the club option, I think we pay for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's... So we have him for free next year. Yeah, that's... Awesome. I, I mean, I, I I love, you know, the the Yankees. Do they pay him vet minimum? I oh no, uh, five hundred seventy thousand dollars. Yeah, nothing. They it's free. They pay him. Yeah, it's free. He is awesome. And my favorite part about him is his pimp jobs when he hits homers. Oh yeah, and, and he just yeah, and then he throw the best one of his came in Cleveland in uh, early in the year where he just. Through the bat, like, and it went seven feet. Oh, my God. He is a spark plug. He is the definition of a spark plug. Um, some big RBIs Saturday, two-run double to tie the game. RBI single Sunday and a home run. Left some ducks out on the pond Sunday, unfortunately, late in the game. But I mean, he, he is, he is what he is. He is what yeah. he is. But he's fourth in the team in home runs, uh, and he's played 61 games. Like, it's uh, it's been a... A nice guy. I've been saying it all year. Like the, I mean, the Yankees need to hit more home runs, um, and to to kind of get this, and you know, you're losing the uh, the average and the on base percentage that you would get for Voit. But if you told me that the Yankees were only going to get you know like 25 games of Luke Voit, and we're going to get you know 100 games of Rubin or Dor hitting 25 home runs, I'd be I'd be floored. Um, it, it's it's been something. He's been a, a good team player. Um, and it'll be interesting to see, like, if the Yankees do get a, a Trevor story here, what's the that's going to push Odor out the lineup, um, which will be kind of, you know, I think I, I'll gladly trade uh, having Story in the lineup for Odor, but could this be another reason why they're thinking about, you know, Story in center field is because they kind of still like Odor's lefty bat in the lineup. I think that's definitely a case. Um yeah, and like I said, he's a spark plug. He he's, he he brings the energy too. I mean, you see it in the dugout. I mean, he's a you know short fella. I mean, he's <laughs> I, I love watching him play. He's been pretty good out in the field too. A couple good plays at Fenway this week, and that jump throw on Saturday was pretty sick. He is what he is in the field, and he, you know he's not going to change it. But you know he's in his sixty-one games for the Yankees. He's he's basically a, a, a one WAR player so far. Um, you know, you know, expand that over the over a course of 162 games. You're looking at a two and a half, three WAR player, which I would have never have guessed, and kind of would be 
one of the better years of his career because typically it's been home runs uh, and absolutely nothing on defense and his average has been terrible. But about 230 is right around his career average after he batted uh, you know 205 in uh, in 2019 and then a, a abysmal 167 here. So it looks like the Yankees may have unlocked some uh, some potential here for for Odor and, it, and it's been huge because it's crazy to think where they would be without him. Uh, you know who would be Tyler Wade would be your everyday second baseman. Um, or, you know, maybe you don't make that trade of Park and maybe Park comes up and he's your everyday second baseman here. But I don't think he's matching these old door numbers in the major league level here. So it has become a necessary trade where in the beginning we kind of thought it was a joke trade for the Yankees. Yeah. And bringing the energy, I forget what I was going to say uh, about him. <laughs> but the trade, yeah, it was basically like a flyer. If he sucked, he would have been off the roster uh they need a left-handed power they need a lefty you need a lefty power, power guy left. everybody's been saying it and he's been it yeah and he's gonna play a huge role going forward if the yankees push and make the playoffs i don't want him out of the lineup uh no matter <laughs> who the yankees get because I, I love watching him play and the pimp jobs after the home runs are, are stuff i look forward to Every single time uh, I tune into the Yankees every night. But, yeah. Uh, it's here it is. Hopefully, by the next time we get on, uh, the Yankees make a move. Maybe, you know, a Max Scherzer I would prefer. I Ooh, would like you go. Hey, look at the news of Trey Turner maybe on the block, too. We get, let's get the – forget my uh, my big deal of uh, of getting a, a Kettle Marte and a Madison Bumgarner here. If you get Trey Turner and package him with Matt Scherzer – uh, all, all bets are off for Yankee Nation. Jesus Christ! Well, let's do it. Let's uh, let's go big or go home. Uh, the Yankees are going to add somebody. I feel like uh, they are, they made the one trade today, but I think you're going to see some bigger moves, Steve. Before we go, next time we come on here and record, who is a new member of the New York Yankees? I think they pull the switch with the Marlins. I think that they're going to be there, down there in Miami. Um, and I think you got to get get Marte from the Marlins. you got to have him in center field. Like I, we liked, we talked a lot about how the outfield was a, has been kind of all over the place with injuries. I would love to see Floreal kind of uh, be a, a possibility there. Um, but, no, I, I think it's, you go get this center fielder. You go get someone that you know you can put out there uh, kind of every single day. Uh, and look, I would love Joey Gallo. We haven't even mentioned Joey Gallo's name, but I, I don't think that's an option. I think they get the rent-a-player in, in Starling Marte, um, and they make it work from there. I think they do that, and I think they add a, a low-end low end reliever, um, low-end starter, I guess I would say, maybe like a Kyle Gibson from the Rangers. Um, they've already worked a lot with the Pirates, but there's a, there, there's a couple couple guys there that could be working. But there, there's a lot of teams that should be selling, like the Rangers, like I said, and the Pirates. Um, and I think the Yankees pick off someone from one of those two guys again, and then and then they get Marte. What about you? Are they going bigger, or are you, are they sticking small too? I'm going small with a guy I mentioned on here a couple times, uh, a couple episodes ago. I'm going to go, they're going to get Michael A. Taylor from the Kansas City Royals. Uh, the numbers are not flashy. 244 batting average. His OPS is pretty abysmal. It's a 659. But the Yankees need a major league center fielder and somebody who's not a total flop in the lineup. He's got eight home runs. He brings a little bit of pop. 
but he's not going to cost much. He's on a one-year deal, uh, maybe a long shot. This is somebody I think they could get for a long shot prospect, um, and he'd provide some sort of stability out there in center field. Yeah, I think actually the biggest thing for the Yankees is just to not have the teams in front of them make a bigger move than them, which I think you can already say that the Rays did that getting Nelson Cruz. Nelson Cruz, uh, I get nervous anytime Nelson Cruz walks up to the plate, so I, ho- I hope he doesn't burn us th- this week with, with Tampa. I thought that was a great move for them. Um, so I think it's just kind of make sure you make better moves than the, than the A's and the Mariners, and I, I don't see those two teams making a huge splash here. So Yankees improve slightly, hopefully. Uh, and and get to it. Big games at the Trop. You know, you know how much we love the Trop here. But let's go down there mm-hmm. and get get a sweep at the Trop, and we'll, we'll see what happens at the deadline. Steve, I firmly believe Nelson Cruz is going to be hitting home runs while I am on hospice <laughs> in eighty years or something. He's, he's dude, done it well. He's forty one years old, and granted. Uh, I, I know he was busted in the steroids biogenesis. He got this suspension along with A-Rod. This guy is an ageless wonder. I thought it was what Edwin Encarnacion, our old friend, was headed for. Uh, but Nelson Cruz is one of the best hitters in baseball, and he's doing it at 41. Um, like I said, I am going to be in some hospital somewhere in 60 years um, taking my last breath, uh, I don't know. You know, that's a long time away. I would not be surprised uh, if he's, you know, 104, 105. <laughs> he's and he's still just keep, home keeping runs. home runs. I mean, good for him, but it was a big move that could, that could hurt the Yankees. But here we are, uh, you know, big three-game series with the Rays here. Yankees are technically nine and a half back of the Red Sox as, uh, as of this recording. Um, eight games back of Tampa, so the AL East might not be an option here, but the wild card still is an option. Chasing down the Oakland A's and the Seattle Mariners, uh, three and a half games back of that spot. Trade deadline's always exciting. Me and Sam will be active on Twitter uh, for the deadline for anything big, and if the Yankees make some blockbuster move, we might have to jump on and talk about it, but if not, we'll chat with you guys next week. As always, thanks for listening to podcasts and in pinstripes on the Gotham Sports Network. Sam, the roller coaster ride is going to continue, but I'm glad I'm sitting next to you during this journey so far. Absolutely, Steve. I look forward to this every week. Um, yeah, the, the Yankee, we're going to know a lot once we come back on um, next Sunday or Monday. I'm thinking early next week. You, you know, if, if Trevor Story and uh, Max Scherzer are uh, Yankees at the yeah. end of the week, we will. Uh, I we'll we'll be here for that. We'll, if that happens, we'll be here for that. But until then, guys, uh, see you later. Peace. You are now listening to Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankee podcast of Gotham Sports Network.